Hey, bruh. Welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, bro. I'm your host, Bill, bro. Today, we're going to be talking about Broadway, bro. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there before I go too far. So, uh, yeah, this week, going to be talking about Broadway musicals. Uh, because this week, going to be reviewing Broadway Brodown. Now, before I dive into the, get into this episode, um, I have, in fact, gone to see a couple of Broadway shows uh, in my life. The first time I went was in 2005, went to see Hairspray. Now, this was, I want to say, the year before the movie came out, the one with John Travolta. Let me, let me, what year was that? Was that 06? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, 07, 07, okay. So it was 07. This version of Hairspray, the 05 version, had Bruce Valanche as the mom. And I have to admit, Bruce Valanche was pretty good as the mom. No lie. Uh, Bruce Valanche was pretty good. Um, then I went to see American Idiot about... 11 years ago, but because of the traffic in New York, me and my friend, we, my best friend, we caught like half of the show, so we didn't get to see the full show. Um, I've seen uh, The Rockettes, Radio City Music Hall, but that's not really Broadway, but I did want to mention it. And I've gone to see Kinky Boots at a dinner theater uh, not too far away from where I am recording this show. So, yes, I have gone to see Broadway shows, and no, I have not ended up getting a blowjob. So, anyone asking, there's your answer. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be about Broadway musicals and apparently getting blowjobs. So, with that said, let's dive into this week's episode, Broadway Brodown. The episode originally aired on October 26th, 2011, so I guess this is your Halloween episode? I know I, you know, joke about, oh, Halloween, but no, this is not our Halloween episode. Unfortunately, we do not have a Halloween episode this year. Uh, This episode was written by Trey Parker and uncredited... By Robert Lopez, and I'm going to mention a little later on how Robert Lopez plays into the writing of this particular episode. Uh, This episode was also directed by Trey Parker. So, we begin with Randy at his job. Let me say that again. We're in season 15. Randy at his job. Never thought we'd go back there. So, he talks about the Denver Broncos game against the Miami Dolphins from the previous week. Now, uh, before I go further, yes, I'm going to look this up. The Denver Broncos in 2011 went 8-8 and won the AFC West. Yes, with an 8-8 record. 
This was the year that Tim Tebow became one of the biggest stars in the National Football League. So, uh, the week that they are referencing, or the week that Randy is referencing, is a Week 7 game in Miami against the Dolphins. Now, the Denver Broncos head into this game with a 1-4 and four record. They would go on to beat the Miami Dolphins in overtime 18-15. From that point, the Denver Broncos would win seven of their next eight games. Yep, and that's how they got to the playoffs, folks. And this is after going 1-4 and four to start the season. Let's think about that. You start off 1-4, and four and then you somehow make the playoffs. And then they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Like, if you weren't around for Tebow mania, that was one of the wildest phenomenons in sports ever. Ever. So anyway, back to the episode... Uh, one of Randy's co-workers said that he did not watch the game because he took his wife to a Broadway show in Denver. And after the show, his wife gave him a blowjob. Well, the show that they went to see was Wicked, and all the guys were telling Randy about how they were doing the same thing, too. So, Randy decides to take Sharon to Denver to go see Wicked. So, Randy is bored at the musical, and he goes to get a drink. While he's at the bar, a guy tells him about how there are, well, subtext messages in the songs. And after Randy goes back, almost every sentence has the word blowjob in it at some point. And Sharon had a wonderful time with the musical Wicked. Now, real quick, I want to talk about the musical Wicked. This uh, this is based off the book by Winnie Holzman. Um, or actually, no, I'm sorry. The basis is from Wicked, The Life at Times of the Wicked Witch of the West by Gregory Maguire. And the book is done by Winnie Holzman, the music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. Its premiere show was May 28, 2003, in San Francisco at the Koran Theater. And this show is pretty important for a lot of famous people uh, coming out of this, you know, original tour, like this original cast. Mainly, Idina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. And both of them ended up doing some pretty important things. Uh, Menzel did this little movie called Frozen and then had her name messed up by John Travolta at the Academy Awards the following year. I don't know if y'all ever heard of that. And Kristen Chenoweth ended up having a successful television career. She has done many television shows uh, including one of my personal favorites, Pushing Daisies, which is a shame that that show got canceled. It, it really is. It, it's really a shame. Um, but she was also 
in, oh, what else was she in? GCB, Good Christian Bitches. She appeared on Glee several times. BoJack Horseman, American Dad. Uh, so many shows that she appeared on uh, basically right after the, the success of the musical. So, anyway, um, so Sharon is so happy about this that she ends up giving Randy a blowjob. And it's a long one, as we find out at the community center where the children are at the pool. And the coach is Randy. So he's sitting up atop the bleachers with the with the dads and telling them about the wonderful time that he had with Sharon going to see Wicked and all of them are giving, you know, Randy different suggestions of which musicals that he should take Sharon to see. Meanwhile, the kids are waiting for this kid named Larry Fegan on the diving board to jump off. Well, uh, Larry has a life preserver on and is terribly afraid of jumping in the pool. So, Shelly decides to jump on the diving board to basically try to get Larry to go in the water. So, Randy surprises Sharon a couple of moments later by booking a flight to New York City to go see Broadway shows. Well, that's fine, but where are the kids going to stay? They're going to stay with the Fegans. And we have this interesting scene where Stan and Shelly are at the dinner table with the Fegans. And the Fegans, who eat vegan are wearing life preservers around their throats. Yeah, this is, uh, this is quite a thing. So, um, Shelly says something to the dad, and, well, this kind of agitates him, and it's not really the start of an argument, but more of the dad giving a lecture as to why it's good to be vegan and stuff. Meanwhile, we get a montage of Randy and Sharon seeing all these Broadway shows as they are having the time of their lives. Eventually, they do get back, and oh, look, Sharon's giving Randy another blowjob. This is like the fourth or fifth one we've already seen. So anyway... After they get back, Randy is at the Hooters with the guys, and unfortunately, Wicked is leaving Denver. It is going to Seattle. So, Randy comes up with a really good idea, or at least to his warped mind, it's a good idea. Why don't we bring Broadway to South Park? We could make a musical of our own. Yep. Randy's going to make a musical of his own. So, <clears throat> while that idea is starting off the ground, Larry goes to the Marsh's house and sees Shelly. And he is holding a flower in his hand. 
And he tells her that because of her, he went to the 7-Eleven and ate a Slim Jim. And the Slim Jim was absolutely wonderful. So he drops the flower on the stoop and then kind of girlishly runs away. Meanwhile, uh, Randy is working on his musical, which I'll tell the name of it a little bit later on. And things are going well for him. Everything's going smoothly. So, then we go back to Shelly, who is met by Larry again. And this time, Larry has a toy ukulele, I guess? And he plays a song about how Shelly broke him out of his shell. Shelly. And... After he's done, he takes off his life preserver. Ooh, remember that part for later. So after he does that, Sharon or Shelly invites Larry into her home to play on the Xbox. Meanwhile, Randy is still working on his Broadway musical, which we're going to find out in a moment what the name of it is. When he is told that Some people want to meet him at the Hooters. Well, the people that want to meet him are the big names of Broadway at the time. And probably still are to this day. Stephen Sondheim, Stephen Schwartz, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Elton John. And this is kind of interesting that they're, they're making fun of Elton John here. Because... The last time they did anything Elton John related, to my knowledge, was the Chef Aid episode, where they had the real Elton John on the episode. So I don't know if they were still friends or if they kind of fell apart. Not, not really sure what happened there. So we find out that Randy's Broadway musical is named... Splooge Drenched Blowjob Queen. Try saying that five times fast. Well, this gets the four horsemen of Broadway very upset. And then we find out that Shelly and Larry are actually getting along. They're getting along so well that Larry's mom is drinking tea with Sharon and... They're getting along well, even though the mom is still worried about Larry without his life preserver. So, as as Randy is finishing up with his Broadway musical, the rest of the guys go to him and tell him that Sondheim wants to meet him in the parking lot. And basically, they want a bro down. So... Is it bro, 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 bro. That's basically the entire scene when they have their bro down. And when it's over, they become good friends. 
as they start to play Whoop There It Is by Tag Team. Yes, Whoop There It Is. Remember that song? God, what a what a song that was. Uh, that came out in May of 1993 and was a really big hit. It managed to go to number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number one on the R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, number four on the Hot Rap Songs chart, and number five on the Rhythmic chart. And this is all in the U.S. And for the year 1993, in the year-end chart, it finished number two on the chart number two the only song that beat it uh, I've never heard of this lady Whitney Houston anyone know of her Um, I will always love you anyone know that anyone know that song anyone so with the song uh, there have been different parodies and versions of it i've i know there's a mickey mouse one that you can check on uh on uh youtube but more noticeably over the last few years tag team has made a comeback with geico and their ice cream commercial fresh vanilla rocky road scoop there it is scoop there it is scoop there it is Scoop, there it is. Boom, chocolate, 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 boom, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Sorry, I, I really love that commercial. It's a fun commercial. Look, look, when you grew up listening to that song, the original version, and then you see the guys come back nearly 30 years later to do a somewhat parody of it for an insurance commercial, you're going to be happy. And you're going to enjoy it. So anyway, uh, so the Four Horsemen of Broadway, that's what I'm calling them, agreed to help Randy with his musical. And they're going to change the name of the musical from Splooge-Drenched Blowjob Queen, thankfully, to The Woman in White. Huh, interesting, considering... There's already a Woman in White musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber did many years earlier. Yep. Based on the 1860 novel of the same name by Wilkie Collins. I'm not going to dive deep into that one. I'm, I'm really not. I thought it was an original name, but uh, apparently, it's, apparently it's not. Oh, well. So anyway, Randy comes home and he's hungover, had a really good time. Sharon stays up and tells Randy that she's going to stay up a little bit longer because she gave tickets to Wicked to Shelly and Larry. And this frightens Randy. So he explains in the car on the ride to Denver the whole Broadway thing. And Sharon is like, well, I've always liked Broadway musicals. I remember when these two brothers took me to a musical, and oh my god. So now they push the pedal to the metal. 
So they get to the show. Randy tries to get Shelly out of there. Won't do it. So Randy gets kicked out. So how's he going to get back in? Well, there's only one way to get in. Dressed as Spider-Man. And he swings around, (laughs) breaking everything, knocking people down. And because of this, uh, the show is put on hold as everyone leaves. And you think, well, something's going to happen now. Well, that's where we find out what actually happens. Because we see Shelly crying in her bed with the TV on. And we find out that everybody got out of the of the building safe except for one person because of the water main break. The one person was Larry Feagan. And the news reporter said if he'd had life preserver on, he probably would still be alive. So Randy goes and apologizes to Shelley for what happened and that Well, Spider-Man had to do something. So then Randy goes to his bedroom. He and Sharon have a talk. And basically, she asks Randy, when is another show coming to Denver? And then a quick plug for the Book of Mormon with the narrator muttering at the end, go get a blowjob. And that is the end of Broadway Brodown. Um... This is, I mean, it has its moments. It's It has its moments. It's a decent episode. It kind of makes fun of Broadway. And like I said at the end of the previous episode, it's kind of fitting they do this considering the whole popularity of the Book of Mormon and how it became one of the biggest successes in Broadway in a long, long time, and it won so many Tony Awards, that it's kind of fitting that they did a Broadway episode. Um, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. It's a good episode. I wouldn't really go out of my way to see it right away again. Maybe somewhere down the line. But, you know, it's one of those episodes that, hey, it happened. It was good. That's really all you need to know. Okay, so in the beginning of this review, I mentioned Robert Lopez, and he was uncredited in the episode as part of the writing. So, Robert Lopez was the composer for the Book of Mormon, and they Trey Parker and Matt Stone had just finished working with him before this, this season began. During the collaboration the duo offered Lopez a chance to come to their studio to create an episode with them and workshop ideas. He arrived on a Thursday at Halloween time, so the notion of a generic Halloween-themed episode was tossed around. Broadway and musicals were never explicitly on the table until the idea of trying to make Broadway cool for dudes came up. They were anxious about the number of songs, albeit short ones, that they had to write. They kept on putting this off as they needed time to hash out the story. They ended up frantically writing songs on the following Tuesday. 
Trey and Matt thoroughly enjoyed the one-off experience and expressed an interest in collaborating with Lopez again, not necessarily in the context of a musical episode. Well, I mean, it's been 11 years, so maybe we'll get to do it again in the near future. All right, let's hear what the reception for this episode was. Ramsey Eisler of IGN gave the episode a 7.5 out of 10, writing, When it comes down to it, it's the one-liners and the strength of the A-plot that makes the episode work. Had it not been for the annoying repetition in the near-useless B-plot, this would have been one of my favorites of the season so far. But the episode accomplishes the neat trick of poking fun at a topic while still expressing love for it, and that makes up for a lot. Ryan McGee of the AV Club graded the episode an A, stating, The show has long featured the musical stylings of its co-creators, but rarely has that skill been deployed as effectively as tonight's masterful half hour. It managed to be incredibly sweet while being ridiculously filthy. It mocked what it loved while never losing sight of that love in the process. In short, it was pure South Park. Eric Hawkberger of TV Fanatic rated the episode 3 out of 5 stars, commenting, There were definitely some fun theater references, including the most appropriate costume Randy could have grabbed to sabotage a play. Spider-Man. But was the one-note joke of the blowjob really enough to sustain the full half hour of laughs? For me, not so much. And adding that the B-plot seemed to tie in nicely with the Broadway adventure at the end, but it still felt undeveloped. Ali Simagram of Entertainment Weekly said the episode could have just been a one-off about Broadway and worked just fine. But by bringing Spider-Man, a show that's been out of the spotlight for a while now, into the mix, it felt somewhat outdated. Okay, let's go to IMDb and see what they thought of this week's episode. Over 2,000 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is a 7.8 out of 10, nearly an 8. So, kind of a good score for this one. 627 people gave it an 8, 414 people gave it a 7, that's the score I'm giving it this week. 353 people gave it a 10, and 46 people gave it a 1. To break it into demographics... The average rating for both males and females is a 7.7, with the highest demographic for males being 18 to 29 with a 7.8 rating, and the highest demographics for females, guess what, also happens to be 18 to 29 with an 8.4 rating. So, now that we have gone through that, let's check out the reviews on IMDb by the IMDb users. And, well, there's only two of them again. First one is from FargoFan1, who wrote, This recent episode was very poor, in my opinion. The South Park writing staff, I'm sure, had a case of writer's block in terms of jokes and general LOL moments for this episode. The storyline was surprisingly quite feeble, which made the episode that much worse and just unfunny. Also, the fact that Randy Marsh, by far the funniest South Park character, plays a big part in this episode, and even that could not save this episode. To their credit, one or two short scenes were somewhat funny, 
but I still did not literally laugh like watching City Sushi, a previous 10 out of 10 episode in terms of classic South Park humor. Side note, Carmen is practically invisible in this episode. Did he say anything? He had like one or two short lines, but that's really about it. The other review is from Jay Papanan, who wrote, First part and last part were excellent. Drags a little bit in the middle, but ending brings it back. Yeah, this is... Really, this is one of those episodes that I, I, I feel like if you said it was good or if you said it wasn't good, I probably would see your case. I, I really would. Like, I probably would not argue with you about the thought of the episode. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it is SharksPond97, and you could join our Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast, where you could join other fans to discuss past, present, and future South Park episodes. Next time around, going to be talking about 1%. No, not 1% of the episode, just the episode called 1%. That is next time on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill. Thank you for listening. And until next time, bro. Bro. Bro.